On the way home last Thursday evening from a wedding rehearsal, I, uh, as often, uh, was driving my car on E, seeing just how long it takes to go under the little thing and, and if I'm going to get stranded. So I thought I'd be ahead of the game, and I stopped at the Ambler gas station to fill up my tank. The woman across from me at the other tank was examining me a little bit like my grandpa used to do at the dinner table because he had cataracts, and he would look across like this and, and try to figure out if it was me or not. She shaded her eyes, and then she said to me, Are you, are you Shelby? Is your last name Shelby? And I said, No, but it's Lawler. I'm the pastor over at Upper Dublin Lutheran Church. Oh, she said, How wonderful. I love to see women in ministry. I thought you were someone else. So I added, Well, it seems like Women have been leading ministry uh, since the first morning at the tomb. I added that, seeing that she had a Christian kind of T-shirt on. So I said, what's your name? She said, well, I'm Joan, and I work at the theological school uh, down the street. She pointed to her shirt, which I'd already seen, and she said, yes, I even tell my students that the women began before the first Easter because on Jesus' mission and with his teachings, they got it. She laughed, and then she turned back to her gas tank and uh, started filling it and says, well, have a good day. And then she says, no, have a Jesus day. And I said, thank you, thinking, wow, that's the first time I've ever heard that. That's kind of cool. Who knows what you can get into when you're getting gas. I was getting filled up in another way. Okay. How often do you strike up a Christian conversation when you're doing errands? I admit it started at first to be a a little bit uh, unnerving. She mistook me for someone else, but that's okay. It's kind of a post-resurrection flavor to the encounter because the disciples constantly mistook Jesus for a ghost or a gardener or somebody else in the gospel stories, and today we look at Luke's version. It's only the third Sunday of Easter. Already it may seem that it's kind of old hat to shout out our traditional witness to the bodily resurrection. Christ is risen. But I didn't catch you so far. That's good. That's good. I caught you faster on Easter than I did after Easter. So um, we've gotten busy, however, haven't we all? Even I must admit, with a sabbatical looming in the horizon, Uh, The joy of it, but the terror of it is I have so many things on my to-do list to get done in the next two weeks until May 3rd that I don't know if I will survive till the sabbatical. But but with all the busyness comes, well, you know, holy humor is done, Easter is done, we've got this, we keep going. We check it off instead of relishing the moment and internalizing what has really taken place with this. And so Easter season, I'd like to remind you and me, has no expiration date. It doesn't get over. It doesn't get behind us. And uh, day in and day out, the disciples are called from the moment of baptismal washing, disciples meaning you and me, and we've just experienced our newest we disciple over here. We're called to be witnesses to the good news in words and in deeds in our everyday lives. To notice the presence of Christ in our midst every day may at times take some 
uh, focusing. <clears throat> well, this is good. My voice seems to be, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> leaving me. Our God lives. There's no doubt about it. He lives for us, and he seeks us out, as he did his first followers. They who huddled in fear and confusion wherever they were and had heard the women's witness to the rising from the dead. But what about when you're going about your own daily routines, as those first disciples were the day after Easter? Do you find it unlikely that you'll bump into Jesus? Do you even consider that it might happen? Or are you feeling his encouragement? Are you feeling his power? Are you feeling his guidance in your big decisions? Or don't you do any consultation? Don't feel badly if you pause here. What is a Jesus day, as my acquaintance suggests? I think she means something like this, a day filled with the zest of new possibilities, of possibilities at work, at home, in our relationships, in our health, new discoveries that come forth, the feeling that God's hand is upon you at all times, leading you. Perhaps our nation's forecasts of economic gloom and doom or the global village constant a race into religious wars needs to have a sense of Easter renewal about it, of the fact we haven't given up because God never gives up on us. For Jesus is with us, present and accounted for, and has come with a grace-filled word to direct our decisions each day and reshape our destiny. Still, this awareness doesn't come as second nature to most of us. That's clear. We have to kind of work at this intensification. I had a wedding yesterday for Johanna Yam and Danny Conicello. And, of course, one knows that in a marriage, uh, the love doesn't always um, flow over in the daily day activities. You have to work at a love relationship. You have to be intentional. And so it is with our work uh, with Jesus. We have to be intentional about looking for him, reading the scriptures, finding out the stories in our Bibles. How many times do we leave our Bibles to gather dust as Lutherans? We are the ones who have been given the Bible in our own language by our founding father, Martin Luther, and yet so many are not aware of what is inside the covers of their scriptures. And today, Jesus invites us in the gospel, invites the disciples to look at the Holy Scriptures if you want to see who I am and remember and recognize God's project here on Easter morning. So Jesus says sometimes, can I get a witness? Is there anybody that can give me a witness? A Jesus day is upon you at all times if you are attentive, if you're tuned in, if you're looking for the good news. Baptist preachers say, can I get a witness? This morning I have to say it was just too bizarre, probably another God moment for me. Brian Jenkins was not on time to worship, but he did walk in about uh, the first paragraph of my sermon. Just about when I was saying, it's often that Baptist preachers ask, can I get a witness? And he was over there going, amen, amen. And I said, who believes that he would walk in right at that time? It was unbelievable. And Jesus asks the same question of uh, the disciples that first week of Easter. I sense that when Jesus went in that upper room and was about to talk with the disciples and asked if they recognized him, there was a deafening silence. 
The risen Jesus standing right there with disbelieving and wondering disciples in our gospel today, anticipating their fear, however, Jesus says, okay, look at my hands, look at my feet. I think you need to see that this is me. And so they continue, they continue to be afraid. Why are you frightened, he said. Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Still, in their joy, Jesus sees their glazed eyes looking at him. And I love this part. So finally he says, have you anything to eat? I think that's just a little bit comical in this text. Jesus is having anything to eat. Why? Well, I only imagine as they give him a piece of broiled fish, it says so in the scriptures, Was it because the gospel writer Luke wanted to prove that that fish was not going to fall out on the floor when Jesus swallowed it? That he was not really a ghost? Or that like an x-ray looking transparently, you couldn't see the little fishy swimming through his intestinal tract all the way down? That it was passing back and forth to prove he was a real person? We shouldn't feel badly. The gospel is telling us moderns even when Jesus stood with those followers who knew him the best, his contemporaries, they were shell-shocked, so to speak, slow to grasp the good news. But he also, as I said, says, look at the scriptures. See what the Old Testament has promised you. It is fulfilled in me now, in God's death and resurrection. 2,000 years later, we still struggle, struggle, to know that dead bodies will rise again. But thanks be to God, there are times when we have witnesses among us. And it's often at the 9 o'clock service, I must add. You're the lively group here that has often the biggest crowd to draw from. But many of you come on a Sunday morning eager for the sharing time because, in fact, you have had a vision, a sighting of the risen Lord in your life. You share events that make the presence of the risen Christ palpable to you and heartwarming to the rest of us, your Upper Dublin family. You've had your own standout moments, I'm sure, and I wonder if most of them, however, have happened not when you're on top of your game, when when you shoot par at the golf course, or when you get a new job promotion, or when something glorious has happened in your life. Yes, we give thanks for that. But I wonder if your God moments aren't most palpable when we are at our rope's end, when we are weak and afraid and we get a diagnosis from the doctor we never thought would be ours. We are so desperate at times in need of direction, of hope, in need of a voice that says indeed, peace be with you. Don't stress out. It will be okay. You are not alone. I am with you, says Jesus. I am by your side. I seek you out first. As this gospel says, I love that this morning, it wasn't the disciples looking for Jesus. They were huddled together afraid. It was Jesus who came back, first of all, to those who abandoned him, who didn't stay with him at the cross, who now don't even believe it's really him. Jesus never gives up. It's the Easter message. I am here, and together, says Jesus, we will rise again. Trust me. 
Methodist author and pastor, favorite of mine, William Willimon, writes in his book by the title Undone by Easter, which I think is a pretty good title, that Jesus came back to the very ones who had forsaken, betrayed, and crucified him. And he comes back to us. A student of mine, says Willimon, asked to summarize the gospel in a few words, said this, In the Bible, it gets dark, and then it gets very, very dark, and then Jesus shows up. Willimon shares a a man's powerful witness to the risen Lord, an older man. He says, I was visiting a man as he was lying, dying. His death was only a couple days away. I asked him there at the end, what was he feeling? Was he fearful? Fear? No, said the old man. I'm not fearful because of my faith in Jesus. Well, said the pastor, Willimon, we all have hope that our future is in God's hands. He said piously, well, said the old man, I'm not hopeful because of what I believe about the future, he corrected me. I'm hopeful because of what I've experienced in the past. I asked him to say more. Well, I look back over my life, all the mistakes that I have made, all the times that I turned away from Jesus, gone on my own, strayed and got lost, and time and time again Jesus found a way to get to me. He showed up, and he got me, and he looked for me when I wasn't looking for him. I don't think he'll let something like my dying defeat his love for me. So Willimon said, now there was a man who understands Easter. So may we all have a Jesus day, a Jesus week, a Jesus is risen life. And may others see and hear our heartfelt witness at the gas station, at the gym or the YMCA where we're working out, in our backyards, at work. May they get the witness loud and true that Christ is risen. Hallelujah and amen.